What the researchers did here was basically take us on a journey through the role of basically indigenous African bioactive compounds. Complicated it may sound, what we're really looking at is, for example, fermented foods, whether it be cereal, fish, meat, and dairy, on how that helps support the immune system in regard to uh, basically the indigenous African bioactive compounds, as well as herbs themselves. And often it's overlooked because it was so uh, well focused on European. But however, though, what they looked at on the past pandemic was the extremely low mortality rate. And the researchers wanted to ask a question, why? Outside of the youthfulness of the population, so on and so forth, and other confounding factors, they really wanted to look basically at the dietary aspect of how the mortality rate may have been so low in regard to, obviously, the last pandemic. So let us go on this journey and keep in mind, uh, there's no way we can do it justice. It'd be like trying to go over the compendium of European herbs in five to 10 minutes. So all we can really do is just take some highlights, uh, spark your interest, and you have to take it from there. But let us begin as follows. Immune system and epidemics, the role of African indigenous bioactive substances. Here we begin the abstract. With over 6 million coronavirus pandemic deaths, the African continent reported the lowest death rate despite having a high disease burden. The African community's resilience to the pandemic has been attributed to climate and weather conditions, herd immunity, repeated exposure to infectious organisms that stimulate the immune system, and a disproportionately large youth population. However, now we look at a different element. In addition, functional foods, herbal remedies, and dietary supplements contain micronutrients and bioactive compounds that can help boost the immune system. And that is where these researchers delved into. Now, what the first part we look at is the fermented foods. Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you this chart. And there's the chart, and you can see exactly how they believe it boosts the immune system. And also, too, as you see the fermented foods, uh, I know it's kind of fast, but I'll have these slides at the end of the video, and this should be rendered in 4K, so you'll be able to see it clearly there. But we'll go through that in the beginning, but I want to pull out beginning, end. But what I want to pull out is one, especially in regard to the fermented milk, because it's something we don't normally think about in regard to the African continent, but yet it is a vital part of many individuals' diets. To proceed, the African traditional fermented foods, cereal-based foods, meat and fish fermented, and now with the dairy. With substantial and social cultural value, milk has always been a critical dietary component in sub-Saharan pastoral communities. As for other fermented foods, fermentation was primarily used as a traditional food preservation practice for surplus milk produced during the wet season. Regarding their health-promoting properties, yogurt and fermented milk have higher antioxidant capacity than just standard milk because the release of bioactive peptides and microbial-mediated proteolysis. 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 Dairy products are rich sources of bioactive peptides with several activities, including immune modulatory and antioxidant properties. And again, when you tend to think of the African continent, dairy is often not the first thing that pops into your mind, but yet it is a vital component of those communities. To proceed, fermented milk is the most widely fermented dairy product in traditional African diets. Now, 
lab. When you read the part lab, that's lactic acid bacteria. Present in dairy, present in dairy fermented products can exert bioprotection against food spoilage and foodborne pathogenic bacteria. The inhibitory effect of camel milk, for example, pulling out some excerpts, against pathogenic and microorganisms is well known. Now that's just basically, with no pun intended, to what you whistle. So it helps pulls you into the study itself so you can explore more on your own besides just a little tidbit information which I present to you. Now, here we go next. The herbs. Now there's no way I can cover all of them and no way I can do any one in particular one justice but I could pull out a few excerpts which basically uh, yield some curiosities, especially some herbs many of us may not be aware of or even heard of, per se, well, same as not be aware of. So these chart, these chart, this chart, also I'll have at the end of the video to rest, uh, in a 4K render so it's easier for you to read. So don't try to rush through it now. I'll make it larger and for your convenience towards the end. All right. To proceed, all right, here we go. It's really amazing. Here are some things, like for example, I never heard of it. I'm only gonna use a simple name, Bitacola, because it's easier than pronouncing the other thing. Every part of the Bitacola is traditionally used in Africa to treat typhoid fever, bronchitis, bacterial infections, malignant tumors, skin infections, tuberculosis, gastritis, cold, and jaundice. See, that's what I'm talking about. Wealth of basically bioactive compounds that have really, really some cool hypothetical effects that need further research. I'm just parsing my words carefully. The plant is indigenous to Africa and pharmacologically evaluated animal studies have antiviral, anti-asthma, antioxidant, anti-diabetic, anti-hypertensive, antibacterial, anti-asthma, twice, must be twice as good, and hepatoprotective activities. So good with the liver. So again, Bitacola, not very well known here, but however, there, very, very, uh, how would you say, pronounced and with promising uh, therapeutic potential to proceed. Artemisia. Now, I know all of you heard about wormwood and so on and so forth, but this part is really kind of cool that I was unaware of. But this is the information I want to get to you. The plant's bioactive ingredients have been reported to have potent antioxidant activity through scavenging hydrogen peroxide and hydroxyl ions. So it actually scavenges hydrogen peroxide. And you think what hydrogen peroxide causes? Gray hair. So you wonder, another hypothesis, publisher bias maybe, but still a hypothesis. And hydroxyl ions and modulating reactive oxygen species thus make it Artemisia a protective agent that strengthens the antioxidants defense mechanisms. All right, Acaranthes aspera, Acaranthes. Evaluated against herpes simplex virus type 1 and type 2, Acaranthes demonstrated good anti-herpes simplex virus activity, to reiterate, in addition to its usefulness in pandemics, the entire part of Acaranthes, Acaranthes aspera has been traditionally used in Africa and other parts of Asia for dysentery, arthritis, malaria, hemorrhoids, fever, pain, and diarrhea. In addition, the plant is a diuretic, anti-inflammatory, anti-asthmatic, invaluable for pneumonia. Again, hypothesis in regard to potential therapeutic value as more research unfolds. Until then, used indigenously for those particular reasons. This one I like a lot too, the miracle tree. Uh, moringa elifera, I commonly call it the miracle tree. In addition, moringa is effective against influenza A virus, Newcastle disease, 
virus, herpes simplex virus, Epstein-Barr, hepatitis B, and foot-to-mouth disease in cloven-foot animals. So you see what I mean? All I had time to do tonight is to pull those four to pull you into this research, and the link will be there on YouTube so you can basically proceed on your own. But it is amazing, amazing research uh, that's beyond just the traditional cultural value that can yield potential benefit in regard to other future, um, per se, challenges. And it's true too. Uh, when those of you who followed my channel when we're doing the data analytics at the beginning of this last event, uh, Africa was always here. It was under the bottom line. While meanwhile, a lot of the Western society and so on and so forth was up there. Couldn't it be confounding factors such as basically testing and so on and so forth? Yes, there may be. But at the same time, there may not be. And elements like this could have played a huge role in making sure that that line, as far as mortality, never basically accelerated beyond anything that you notice beyond any other type of ailment, at least on the African continent. But we don't know until further research is conducted and those mysteries are revealed to us. To conclude, the unique foods and medicinal plants found on the African continent could play an essential role in providing community resilience against infectious diseases during epidemics and pandemics. There is a need to investigate nutritional, herbal, and traditional practices in epidemics and pandemics that support healthy living and longevity within the African continent. And that is an understatement. Again, certain areas, for example, people think it's other disease mitigation or non-pharmacological interventions per se, MPIs. But honestly, that was just a hypothesis. For example, let's say we did one of the research on saline solutions in nasal irrigation. That was found to be really powerful. UV light, salt air, so on and so forth. There's lots of elements that can play a role in developing a correlation, even though possibly not causal, in regard to uh, mitigating the effects of any sort of nasty pandemic. At least in the future pandemic, Africa is a rich source of information and viable nutraceuticals, which need to be explored more. But to proceed, I will leave you with the information and the link. And after this part, we close out. I will have the 4K rendering of the herbs and the fermented foods for your purview on your own. All right, catch you all next time. See you then. Bye.